to wake me up than Kahlua in my coffee cup. No better way to start my day than Kahlua in my coffee cup. No better way to end the day than Kahlua in my coffee cup. That was the not yet famous Becky Griswold singing our jingle. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I was able to resuscitate her after turkey coma post Thanksgiving. Thank goodness, or I would have had to sing that jingle live, and I don't know that any of you would have wanted that. So you're welcome for me, Saving Becky. <laughs> so welcome to episode eight of Kahlua in My Coffee. We're going to dive in here, and I'm going to let you know quickly the segments this week are warning label, we've got a Dear Kahlua letter. Trends on a Budget, your favorite, and a new segment titled, Wait, What? And you can imagine the eyebrows moving with that particular uh, topic. So we're going to jump right in here. And, you know, I don't know that a lot of you know this, but a lot of traditional podcasts are heavily edited. They take out the ums and the huhs and the pfft and whatever other noise going on. They bleep or censor certain parts. They cut out what they don't think fans are wanting to listen to. And I want you to know that in no way, shape, or form do I edit. This is 100% me, authentic, in the moment, raw, because that's what I, I personally like. I want to know that somebody's sincere and authentic and not scripted, although I have a loose guideline. I do a lot of research, so I have some, you know, meaningful and insightful and provoking topics for you guys. But just to let you know, this is really like having a cup of coffee with me. You're going to get me talking for 30 minutes nonstop, whether it's in person or on the podcast. So with no further ado, let's go ahead and jump right in here. And we're going to start with warning label today. And the warning label is, listen carefully, choose people who choose you. I'm going to say it again. Choose people who choose you. I know personally I spent a lot of years feeling like I was giving and giving and giving to a relationship, whether it be friendship, um, you know, platonic or romantic or whatever. And I had to really realize that although you don't equally have to be giving 100% each each time, you do need to have reciprocation and somewhat equally in respects to you're not trying to always be the one to keep the friendship up. You're not the one always initiating things. And so... With that, you may not realize that within those people who you have the control of choosing because they're choosing you, you still need to be mindful of those that could be poisonous types of people. And sometimes people who've been in our lives longer than we can remember or family members or maybe somebody we can't exactly get away from, at least that we think, they sometimes are snakes in the grass and we're very blind to it because we figure, well, shouldn't they love us the way we love them? Shouldn't they treat me the way I treat others? And at the end of the day, the expectation that somebody's you is actually your fault. You can't place the expectation of how you would treat somebody, how you would uh, enter a, a relationship, how you would treat a certain act or situation or circumstances because you are only you. So if I came through something going, I helped this person, I donated money towards uh, something that they needed, or I brought food for a funeral, or I went out of backward, or, you know, went out of my way to pick them up and take them somewhere. For me to expect that they're going to reciprocate equally is actually a detriment to myself 
because those people in the moment are trying to have their needs met. And a lot of them can't see past their own nose and they don't think about it when you're trying to get your need met. So just remember that you have to give whatever you're giving, emotion, uh, energy, money, you know, presence, presence also, uh, whatever it may be, you have to give it wholly and fully without any type of conditions or expecting equal in return because you're going to just be disappointed every single time. If you do find a very, 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 very rare gem in somebody that is a tip for tat, but you also don't keep track either person, keep those people. Well, unless they are poisonous people also, even though they're getting, you know, reciprocated, because according to higherperspective.com, there are five poisonous types of people. And I'm going to go into, um, you know, who you need to look for and ridding them from your lives. So uh, we've all run to toxic people in our lives. Like I mentioned at the beginning of this topic, we just, they're in our lives and toxicity and negativity are everywhere. There's really no escaping it. Even if you do your best to elevate yourself and separate yourself from negativity or toxicity or gossip or whatever it is that you feel drains you as an individual, there's no escaping it. It's online, it's on TV, it's in your home, it's at your work, it's in driving traffic, it's in the groceries, there's so much. But you can protect yourself in knowing what you are willing to put up with and what you're not. And you have you know, complete control over who's in your life. But toxic people do what they can to control you. And if they can't do that, they try to control how others perceive you. It's kind of like the adage I was explaining to somebody. I, I actually had a great opportunity to meet a friend for breakfast this morning. And I was explaining to her that if somebody I'm becoming new friends with or I'm getting to know better, and I have a bug in my ear from somebody else saying, oh my gosh, this person did this to me. And I'm like, oh my God, she's such a horrible person. And Lara and my sister Sally, blah. stop. I appreciate you feel like you're saving or warning or whatever you may, at least in a positive light, I'm thinking you're trying to achieve. But at the same time, Sally per se isn't Sally from yesterday. She's not Sally from last year. She's not Sally from high school. She's the Sally sitting in front of me today. And I will give her the opportunity to do me wrong. And I hate to say that, but I believe enough in people to know there's good. And the what if, what if I just went, huh, well, Sally's cousins, brothers, sisters, friends, brother-in-law, whatever, says that she's a beepity beep 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 and she did boppity bop bop bop. Okay. We've all really screwed up at times in our lives. We've all been the mean girl to somebody. We've all been a roaring beep to other people. We've, you know, ghosted relationships. We've cut people off. We, we've just done a lot of negative things to other people, even if it was something we needed to do for ourselves. And that's their perception of whatever happened between those two people and their dynamic. And it's unfair for you to pass on to somebody else your perspective, whether it be negative or positive. Allow me, as in you, the person, to gain your own perspective from the encounter with that person. 
because if you go in with bugs in your ear with a anyway how are you ever going to have a vested interest in a relationship with somebody if you're going in with reserve you're going in with possible lies possible exaggeration possible incorrect information it's really not fair to place on somebody and I challenge you to be like whoop stop it put your hand up go mm, no mm, no 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 la 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 I don't want to hear this unless she murdered your ex-boyfriend and she got off then yeah I maybe need to know something like that but today is a new day Sally could be my best friend. Sally could become somebody I know's future wife because they met them through me. Sally could be somebody who I can help, who can help me, who could form a great relationship. So it's really unfair for somebody to chirp in your ear and you have complete control and you just be, need to put that hand up and be like, nope, mm -mm, no. So remember that next time somebody tries to chirp in your ear. But let's circle back here. So the five poisonous types of people and how to rid them. It's important that uh, we talked about able to identify the following toxicities and stay away from them. There are different types of toxic people that you can come into contact with. Some are easy to spot, like it's stamped on their forehead and it's not because someone was in your ear. And some are more subtle and it's the subtle ones that I think hurt us the most because we feel like we should have seen it coming. Or we feel stupid, we feel ignorant, we feel naive, we feel so many negative emotions because this person's behavior was not easy to detect. Why, is, why do we take on that accountability? It's not your fault that somebody is that slick and that sly. They should count the accountability or put the accountability on their shoulders. They should feel sick to their stomachs for their actions. Never, 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 never feel like you shoulda, coulda, woulda. It's a learning experience, take from it, but we can't own the feeling that somebody is so sly and so disgustingly sick that they're able to be this way intentionally. That you could be mad at, that somebody would intentionally with malice come at you in such a sly way to do whatever manipulation they need done in their lives. It's okay to be angry, but please don't take on the fact that you're stupid, you're naive, you're gullible, because it changes you as a person. And kind of circling back to, I said, you cannot place expectations on anybody else as you would do it. Same thing with, you know, uh, laws of attraction and uh, love language. You cannot expect somebody to give, to be, to do anything the way you do, nor can you expect that in a reciprocation. You will always, 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 always be let down. So remember that going in. It's not your fault. It is a learning experience to build on and to be better poised for the next time because no matter how many things you're able to detect and how many toxic people you remove from your, your life, there's gonna be more popping up. They're like groundhogs, bop, bop, bop. Remember that machine like a Chuck E. Cheese growing up or with our younger kids? I avoid that place like the plague. Anyway, you know, and the little heads would pop up and you bop them. 
that's life. That's the intertwining of humans and human behavior. And that will always go on. The only way you won't have it is if you self-isolate and you never leave your house. And agoraphobia is a real thing. Post-trauma, I've been through it. Seriously scared to leave my home. Anyway, I'm getting off topic, but I want you to know that you can feel, but don't place blame, learn and move forward. So um, let's move on here to the type of toxic people. So you're aware who you're looking for. Okay, five different types of people. Here we go. The time wasters. The toxicity from them comes in many forms, including time wasting. So toxic people have a way of uh, basically devaluing your time, even though you've made it clear that you have things that you need to do. They may call you fully knowing that you have an important appointment or that they, um, you know, that you have to keep it. And they may try to keep you around despite needing to be somewhere else. You have to set firm boundaries. And it is okay to put yourself first. We've talked about this before. So if you're like, you know, I'd really like to help you out or I'd really like to have lunch with you, but I have an appointment. Can we please do something another day? Or can I schedule you afterwards? Or, you know, if you're willing to put the investment in there, but there are people that are so seedy and so subtle about it, they're sabotaging your happiness or sabotaging your success by calling, per, per, uh, excuse me, calling specifically and intently on purpose to cause a circumstance that keeps you from going to or enjoying something else. That's the subtlety and it's evil. Okay, so there's the criticizers. And constructive criticism can be helpful at times. And honestly, I am the kind of person, don't ask me a question unless you want the real answer. And if I don't know you well enough and you ask me a question, I'm going to preface it with, do you want the truth? Or do you want the shake my head and smile and tell you what you wanna hear? Because if that's the case of the latter, don't ask me a question. So it's great to have constructive criticism. It's great to have honest feedback. But at the same time, constant criticism serves no other purpose but to bring you down. And a lot of sometimes, you know, a lot of times it comes in backhanded comments like, oh my gosh, your hair is so cute. Uh, when it was long, you just weren't as pretty. Okay. I really like your shirt. It fits you really well. Normally you look like a slob. Really? Okay, whatever. So, uh, you know, and those type of people trying to bring you down because they tend to have low self-esteem themselves and they need to make themselves feel better by pointing out another person's faults. I think this one's a little easier to recognize for those of us that are, you know, well into creaching into midlife and empty nest because we've learned a lot along the way. But these toxic people bring you down. And it's important for you with anything to know your value. So the indifferent people, you can't force another person to care about you or your feelings. You can't. And you can't expect, like we've talked about, somebody else to reciprocate equally in respect or whatever it may be. Although these people may not uh, do anything for you actively, it's what they don't do that matters. So remember that when it comes to your feelings, it's the indifferent people that don't do something that matters. These people are hard to get rid of because they force you to make tough decisions. 
if you're carrying, you know, if you're carrying feelings, um, are, you're, the, I should say the feelings that you're carrying aren't being um, reciprocated and a person feels indifferent, it is toxic. If you're saying, I need this met, I need you to understand this, I need you, and the other person's like, mm-hmm, okay, whatever. And then it's like, wait a minute, it's that right there is, wait, you're actually doing me wrong by not accepting what I am trying to explain to you. If you say, I can't do that for you, that's better than mm-hmms and uh-huhs and whatevers. So then there are the negative people. And negative is both toxic and contagious. You can't afford to have someone in your life who is constantly looking at the negative side of things. It is draining. You know, I joke with my husband that he always jumps straight to the negative and he, he, you know, pushes back and says, I'm black and white. And if you gave me a circumstance and I had to weigh the pros and cons, I have to tell you the negatives involved or else it's not for him a fair way of expressing his decision-making process. But it's always like, sometimes you're like, hey, um, we're gonna go snow skiing. And he'll be, he'll say something like, well, don't die going up the mountain because it's awfully icy and you know, the car could spin out. Whoa, 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 whoa. I understand there's dangers in going to the snow. I'm excited that we're going skiing. I don't need to know the negatives. But other times it's great because you, you know, you do need to hear something else in respects to, you know, some legitimately in decision making. But negative ninnies are negative ninnies. And if everything is, is ho-hum, everything's negative. Um, I had to actually separate myself from a friend um, a decade or a half ago. And it wasn't because I didn't care for her. And it wasn't because I didn't um, value our friendship. It was because what little bit of time I could give to a evening out once every so often, girls night, whatever you may call it, I spent the entire few hours building her up and supporting her as, no, you're not. Yes, no, it's him. Oh, and it was like, it got to be so draining that it actually caused me to feel physically ill to think about hanging out with her. And it was scary because I really appreciated our friendship and it was hard to tell her that you actually are causing me dread to hang out with you. And there's no really great way to say that to them. But when reciprocating to them, hey, I really enjoy spending time with you. I value our friendship. But when we go out, I also need decompression. I need time to vent. I need time to be silly or to have you just shake your head and go, uh-huh, because I don't want the real answer to the question. But if I'm spending the few hours we're together, constantly picking up your self-esteem and holding up what little bit you have, it is not fair. And I just finally had to decide that this person wasn't willing to change that for me and I could no longer wear it and take that burden on my shoulders. I wish her luck. She's an amazing person. I hope she's doing well, but it was just something where her negativity was so draining. It physically affected me. 
So, and it's been proving that positive outlooks on life can produce positive results, which means negative outlooks can do just the opposite. And I've talked before about positive mental attitude and to be enthusiastic, you have to act enthusiastic. It's almost like a cheer. To be enthusiastic, you have to act enthusiastic. Yeah, you can do it sarcastically if you want to, if you're like that, you know, anti-cheerleader type. But shocking, I was a cheerleader at one point. So, I truly, 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 truly believe in positive thinking and how it can look at your, you know, end up your outlook looking and ending in different results. And I'm very blessed right now, and I've mentioned this before, that I'm actually teaching positive action in um, the high school every other week to uh, some kids that really need to change the way they look at things. So remember that and don't surprise, excuse me, don't surround yourself by people who can't see the good in a situation because there is always good. And yes, I realize in the moment of some horrible, horrific, tragic news, there is no light at the end of the tunnel. Or if you're dealing with something so startling to your life, there is no light at the end of the tunnel in that moment, but there will be. And there is always some positive in the negative. And I challenge you to find it. And finally, the fifth is the victims. Oh, those are not so subtle ones. And that's probably the easiest one to pick out. It's the people who play the victim card all the time. And it gets old and it gets old really fast. Okay, so my guilty pleasure is reality TV, particularly the Real Housewives. And I actually started watching the newer one from Dallas if you see I think actually they're only on their second season there is a particular character on that show that plays the card of childhood trauma for everything well I was abused as a child so that's why I pay more for gas I mean it's ridiculous how she plays her trauma card over and over and over and over and over again and I get that she is a wounded bird and I understand that she's been through something a lot of people will never, ever, ever, ever understand and live with. But when you lead a defense in a conversation or when you lead with an excuse in a conversation or when you just lead a conversation with, well, because I was this and blah, 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 blah it is so draining. And those are the ones you can point out and I suggest dump as fast as possible. It is not worth the drained energy. And they'll even make stories up to force you to see their, their sympathetic side. And they'll do it consistently and constantly. And they also refuse to take responsibility for their actions. And they place blame on somebody else and try to look innocent. So it's like, well, I didn't know that I did that because it was my my trauma when I was five that made me behave that way. And so if I lashed out at you, it's because it's like, no, honey, you're 55 and your behavior about being vindictive behind my back had nothing to do with that. Maybe it did subliminally 1%. But if you're leading with an excuse when somebody is calling you out on something, that's when you need to pause and say, you know what? Can I have some time to think about this and can we revisit this particular discussion because I think it's fair to both of us to do so. That is a healthy boundary and a healthy way to continue a friendship when somebody is doing that occasionally. But if they're doing it all the time, they're probably never going to see that they are not a victim and they have complete control over what they say and do and it is not anything they do not have control over. So. 
My final word with that is, this immaturity in its purest form, everything that I said is immaturity in its purest form. Don't let it affect you. So we're going to move on now to Dear Kahlua. And this one's pretty poignant for the holidays, so that's why I wanted to answer it. So, Dear Kahlua, I'm really finding it difficult holiday shopping for those I buy gifts for this year. Within our extended family, we celebrate both Hanukkah and Christmas. I don't just want to give cash or gift cards or buy guessing what they might want just to have it sit collecting dust or to be returned. Any suggestions? So this got me thinking and I did a little bit of research and I thought, hmm, you know, I think the older we get, the more we appreciate a memory versus a something that we got. But, you know, for those of us with kids or grandkids or whatever, it's all about the presents and they may not even remember what they got for their 13th birthday. And they're probably also not going to remember the memory or the feelings or the time with whomever because they're just not there in their maturity of thinking and remembering. But we can still, you know, create the memories as we go. And so I found something that I, I kind of liked and it's a, it's a gift rule. And it's loosely based on what's referred to as the four gift rule. And But I threw in a few options that I personally liked how you could throw a twist on that. So... It's something they want, something they need, something to wear, something to read, something to do, and something for the entire family. And my personal favorite, one gift they do not know about and did not ask for. That is my favorite one because that is where you are buying something that you want to gift them that doesn't feel forced, that doesn't feel required. And... I'm a big advocate if I would rather receive a gift on a random Tuesday for no reason than be gifted something in a forced environment. And I enjoy finding things throughout the year that scream that person and tucking it away for the holidays or their birthday. So those are my extended for gift rule things. Something they want, something they need, something to wear, something to read, something to do, and something for the entire family. And I threw in on the top and something they didn't ask for. And then there's specific three um, gift rule, which a lot of people I think have heard from, which was originally based on the nativity story. So if somebody's highly religious, this might actually be something that was within their wheelhouse. And the idea is that Jesus received three gifts from the wise men on December 25th. But modern moms are using it as a way to save money, reduce holiday stress, and encourage their kids to be more thoughtful with their Christmas gift ask. Really, you know, uh, really do it differently than the first seven ideas that I mentioned. But biblically, for those of us who uh, swing towards a religious guideline, this might be helpful. And of course, you can also give things such as experiences and homemade items and even donate to people's favorite charities instead of handing them stuff left and right. But I still prefer the, the best gift of I always, um, which is my, my best thinking is, and it's very simply, be in the presence of loved ones versus the presence by loved ones. That is my personal adage. Be the presence presence as in be the person in the moment with loved ones versus the present box wrapped by loved ones. See what I did there? Aren't I witty? Presence versus presence. But they probably sound the same because I've been told I say bull and bull 
which B-U-L-L and B-O-U-L, I think I spelled that right. So anyway, I don't know if there's something I just didn't learn how to twist my tongue when I was a kid, but either way, presence of you versus presence wrapped in a box. Thought you'd appreciate the sentiment. So with that idea I have mentioned, I would like to add a challenge to all listeners and of course the Dear Kahlua question asker. And I would like each of you to shop local and shop fair trade. And I'm sure you're like, well, I get shop local, but what exactly is fair trade? And, you know, what, what? <laughs> I got some of you are probably scratching your head right now. So shopping local just means shop by where you can walk into a business within the area you live. And it is not owned by a corporation when possible. I mean, if you have a one-off store, like a clothing chain, but you live in an area where you actually are walking into a physical store and the the men or women that work there live in your community and so forth. Personally, I love mom and pop shops. I love small businesses that are just within my community. Um, But I'm very blessed to have a thriving downtown and I can pretty much find anything I need within a few blocks um, of walking around shopping and great food and all that. But I live in what is something that I truly do not believe exists anywhere else in the world. So I'm just kind of lucky that way. And online is okay in this idea as long as it's a local online business with maybe handmade jewelry or art. So if you're looking for something, you could go on to uh, any type of search engine, any of your social media, and you can qualify what you're looking for by location. And maybe you find a mom who is a stay-at-home mom who has a side business of making laminates or t-shirts or jewelry, and you can order from her. It's still local. Um, And maybe you can meet up and pick it up versus having to pay for shipping charges. So with that, the, the idea is basically no shipping is a way to remember to think local. And instead of, um, oh, I did say that, instead of locally meeting up or shipping, then you can connect with the person. And so think of it this way. All of this shapes our character. Independent businesses help give our community its distinct personality. You can buy it where you try it. Local stores enable you to try out items before you buy them. And you get real expertise from those standing in front of you. And it saves time and money. And again, it goes back to your local economy, your taxes, and so forth. And the more we do shop locally, the lower it it helps the taxes because the more money that's going out to the area. And the most uh, most effective land use and more central locations means local businesses put less demand on our roads, sewers, and safety services. So in, in the bigger grand scheme of thinking, if you stayed within a, say, 20 block radius of where you live to shop or your little downtown or whatever it may be, means you're using less gas, your your wear and tear on the road is less. Um, everything changes and shifts. So maybe the money that was going towards uh, fixing a road that's heavily traveled, if we are staying more local, maybe that money could go towards something else in the community. And that's kind of that mindset. And so the next part would be it creates jobs and opportunities. So not only do independent businesses employ more people direct per dollar for their revenue, they also are the customers of local printers, accountants, you know, wholesalers, farms, attorneys, expanding opportunities throughout local entrepreneurship. So if you walk into uh, a great little yoga store and you buy a cute little outfit um, for your best friend that you do yoga with, that local vendor who is in your community has to file taxes, has to pay a landlord, 
has to do certain things and they're then going to look for the local say accountants and lawyers and whatever so it's a cycle and if the more we buy local the more local vendors use businesses the more businesses use the da 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 da, da. you get the point and they're more likely to give back to your community. Small businesses donate more than twice as much per sale dollar to local nonprofits, events, and teams compared to big businesses. And big corporations don't help sponsor little league teams and high school cheer squads. So remember when you are buying local, even if you're like, mm, they're a little bit more expensive and I had to leave my house. <laughs> Just remember when you're out there, you know, busting your butt to get sponsorship for your kid's soccer team, that missed opportunity to buy something at the, you know, locally owned sporting goods store is the turnaround for them to possibly be the sponsor. So just remember that when you make the decision on where you shop. And you get real value for yourself. Uh, reader surveys by Consumer Union repeatedly show independent businesses beating their chain competitors in overall customer satisfaction. And they often save you money when you really break it down. And my biggest real human interaction, that's my thing. Yeah, you, you got to talk to people, guys. <laughs> Get over it. You might surprise yourself and you might meet really cool people and find out about local festivals and activities your community has to offer. You know, goodness for goodness sakes, human interaction. Ooh, what's that? Any of us that were born probably before the, the, the Y2K scheme, we get that you actually need to look people in the eye and say hello. Um, there's something about it that those of us or you or whomever who have only really done online stuff really don't understand the difference. And so I challenge anybody to just get out there and look someone in the face and say happy holidays and shop local. So with all that said, um, you know, challenge yourself to do this. It, it isn't an easy or convenient sometimes, but hitting the buy now from the big A in the sky, you know, Yes, I get it. Sometimes we need to do that. But appreciate looking for something that's meaningful and unique to those you're buying it for. Particularly, like I mentioned, what if you do the realm where you buy somebody something and they didn't ask for? That would be a perfect opportunity to find somebody local. You don't have to buy everything local, but at least try for this holiday season. So we're going to wind up here. I got a few more things to talk about. And your favorite trends on a budget. Well, I'm not going to explain my experience per se with this trend, but I am going to tell you there is a trend and quite a hysterical one that you can actually do for yourself. Well, you'll understand when I try to explain it here. So trends on a budget, eat a dick. You heard what I said, eat a dick. You can anonymously send someone a chocolate dick. Beep. Oh, wait, I should have done this walk. Anyway, <laughs> no budget. <laughs> and I record everything all at once. You know that. So I will refer to this as the tricky dicky per trendings.net. Instead of giving coal, why don't we give chocolate Richards? It's 2019, almost 2020. <laughs> Whether we like it or not, we live in a world where we are surrounded by people who completely disregard the feelings of others. Hence, back to the toxic people and poison people we just talked about earlier. And these folks uh, are bumps and otherwise charming and happy lives, at least that we pretend to live and enjoy. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, 
you can stop right here because I don't think you have a need for these services and what this company has to offer. But if you live in a world where you have some jerk park across from you or park in two spaces causing you to not have a parking spot and denies you a place to park or does some annoying and insensitive act then allows me to um, tell you you can have a dick at your door. Yes, a chocolate dick at your door for him, for his door, for him. So for less than 20 bucks, yes, you heard me, that is three and a half lattes at the Big S Coffee Place. You can let a real life, okay, how am I going to say this word so I can say it correctly? Beephole, okay, I did it right that time. <laughs> know that they are a Tricky Richard. This package will go along with the message that says, Eda beep or tricky dicky, <laughs> which should be a subtle reminder that their behavior somewhere along the line should be worked on. The chocolate treat comes in a variety of flavors as well, including pumpkin flavored versions for the Halloween and Valentine's Day beep in your life. I'm, I'm kind of imagining those ordering uh, the pumpkin one. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on from that. So uh, they are also doing some good in the community as well. Okay, what do you mean by that? As they have a model in which they have named the Tricky Dicky, or they refer to it as the Dawn, where some of the cash goes towards charity. So, you can buy somebody a chocolate Richard and somehow <laughs> help a charity along the way. Maybe the person you bought it from is the charity case, but either way, that's still to be undecided. So, when you buy this chocolate, chocolate Tricky Dicky, a dollar will go towards prostate cancer research. So I think that's a win-win all the way around. So yeah, if you're wondering what on earth would make you order this particular gift for a friend, then you can always explain that you were doing it for a good cause. Hey, here's your Tricky Dicky. I donated something in your name for Christmas. See how that all worked together there? There you go. Yeah, yeah. I know sending a chocolate appendage via online contradicts my challenge to shop local. Okay, I'll give you that. But think of it this way. The Tricky Dicky or Richard in your life sometimes needs to be put in his place or her place. So hit buy now and wait for random Facebook posts about it later because you're going to get who the beep, 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 send this to me. And you're either going to get somebody laughing their butt off or a really pissed off person. Either way, they don't know it's you. So you can ho, ho, ho all the way home. So here's what we're going to wrap. We're going to finish up with today, which is a new segment called wait, what? Or wait, what? however you want to say it. I could do it a ton of different ways. So <laughs> according to the New York Post, Hasbro has acquired gangster rap label Death Row Records. Yep, you heard that right. Hasbro, as in Barbie, and everything else it owns, acquired gangster rap label Death Row Records. The toy maker has acquired them through, um, let's see, they acquired them in a larger buy, and it's what houses, Death Row Records, for those who don't know, houses Shakur, Secure, I can't, I can't tell you, I don't know how to say some of these rappers' names, Shakur and Snoop Dogg, we all know Snoop Dogg, and a ton of other artists, and it's a part of a bid to grow into its stable, family-friendly entertainment. Yes, I am reading that correctly from the New York Post. The worldwide toy maker announced the $4 billion deal to buy British entertainment company Entertainment One. 
which produces animated kids shows such as Peppa Pig and PJ Masks. But it also owns the rap label. So there's a little bit more behind it than, than just owning the rap label. Hasbro, which owns... Oh, I can't talk today. Hasbro, which owns the rights to My Little Pony, Monopoly, and Mr. Potato Head, uh, said that the company was looking to expand family brands and television production with the purchase. Though Hasbro was aiming for a more family-friendly programming, the toy maker ended up with Death Row Records. Death Row, which was founded in 1991 by Suge Knight, the DOC, and Dr. Dre, was one of hip-hop's most influential labels, which... I know personally, I, I literally grew up with the beginning of rap, <laughs> but uh, it also is signing some of the biggest names on the West Coast. So I know businesses, I know business is business and they're all just trying to keep up with Disney, but Disney eventually owns everything. And in the end, can you imagine rap land inside California Disney, maybe 2025? Well, I can't, and it would be dope AF. Yeah, boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm going to, anybody who hears this that is uh, a, a millennial is probably rolling their eyes right now. So, before I forget, you'll want to stay tuned for the next couple of shows. You're going to want to follow me on Facebook and Instagram and be a member of my Clue in My Coffee VIP chat group. You ask why? Remember me mentioning Santa's sack in episode 7? Well then, if you do, or if you don't, let me refresh your memory here. Uh, you will only be eligible for a surprise gift, or a prize surprise, or surprise prize. Either way, you will only be eligible for those who listen, follow both of those, and do specific things that you will hear in the next couple of episodes. You will then get a chance to reach into Santa's sack. Yes, his sack. You heard me correctly, but would you expect anything less? So, P.S. This episode was brought to you by the letter S. You'll want that. It's important. This episode was brought to you by the letter S. Hey, Becky! Put the turkey leg down. We all know what happened last time. I may not be able to save you from choking on the bone. Hit it, Becky! No better way to wake me up than Kahlua in my coffee cup. No better way to start my day than Kahlua in my coffee cup. No better way to end the day than Kahlua in my coffee cup.